with Godwad. This is Joy. And this is Claire. And this is episode 283. This episode is sponsored by HelloNed.com. We've been getting so many questions about this, so we're going to tell you about it. They're sponsoring the show. You can support the podcast by supporting HelloNed.com, the discount code GGW. If you're interested in the CBD world, now's the time to get on it and also support Joy and Claire at the same time. A lot of questions that we're getting about this product is how do you use it? And is there THC in it? There's a million and one ways to use it, I believe, but the specific products that I get are the different types of tinctures that they have. And there's certain amounts of CBD in each one. So you just have to read about which one you want to start with. The uh, research that I read is like, start slow, go low. (laughs) So just don't like right out of the bat, get the most potent CBD that you uh, that's available. But um, I take it just as it's as directed, which is about two droppers full a day under your tongue. And it's supposed to help with anxiety and inflammation and just overall well-being. And I really like it. I definitely have been feeling a difference, especially as I'm recovering from this marathon BS. Uh, It has really helped with anxiety, mood. And this is, again, N equals one. I'm just talking about my personal experience. I'm not saying everyone's going to have this exact moment of clarity. (laughs) But um, I just, I encourage everyone to kind of research how it could help you and the benefits of CBD overall. I know it's really uh, a lot of the more elite athletes are starting to be sponsored by these companies and kind of talking about the ways that it's um, helping them in their recovery. So it's different for everyone, but I think this is a great product and we love the people. We love the company. The guys who started this have a great story. Um, So we encourage you to also just kind of get to know them as people as well, because we love working with people who have a great mission and good hearts behind their product. Awesome. So go check them out, hellonet.com, discount code GGW as always. As always, GGW. I think there's people out there who will like search for products and then just type in the discount code GGW to see see if it works. Why not? (laughs) Hey, you know, we've been around long enough that you never know if uh, a company has sponsored us and still has a discount code live. But yeah, thank you guys in advance for supporting the podcast in that way. So this week we want to have a lot of Q&A. And then we want to start with some some chit chat, some feelings talk. I have a feeling oh, that this so is going to be about feelings. some feelings. You, you have a feeling we're going to talk about feelings. Yeah. Well, you know, <laughs> you uh, texted me this week, and you're like, "Oh man, feelings." Did you did you have some feelings moments this week, or did you well, talk I mean, to your therapist? <laughs> I know I have to go to I have to go to therapy now. Um, <laughs> I have an overload. Uh, and that's, I mean, I joke about therapy. Therapy is very important. Everyone listening should be going to therapy. I have been going to therapy, which I think I've talked about. Um, I started going to a therapist over the summer maybe, or like early fall, um, to kind of process through the miscarriages that I had. And I was still dealing with a lot of, um, just trauma from that. And like a lot of flashbacks and horrible anxiety and all sorts of things. And, um, also then to prepare for the postpartum period, I'm really worried that I'm going to have postpartum depression again, and there's nothing you can do to prevent postpartum depression, but you can definitely prepare for it. So one of the ways I'm doing that, preparing for the potential of postpartum depression is by meeting regularly with with a therapist now who specializes in that type of thing so that I can establish a baseline. And then if I do anyway, have to, uh, go through that again, I'll at least have some more resources, but all that to say that I've been going to therapy regularly and I hate it. And I like my therapist, but I just hate therapy. I just hate talking about my feelings. And so I like will always text Joy and Jess and Brandon and they're like, how'd it go? I'm like, I mean, it was fine, except I hate it. Yeah. <laughs> and, yeah. Well, Is it just really so, uncomfortable for you? Is yeah, it uncomfortable? 
it's not something that I, that I do very much in my daily life. Like I don't talk about my feelings. And so to get there is just really, um, it takes a lot of energy yeah, for me okay. to access that type of information about my mind. Mm-hmm. If that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And I have to like really rev up to it. Like the whole day that I have therapy, the whole morning I'm spending like mentally preparing to go to therapy. Because if I just go and I'm not ready for it, either I will have this like whiplash effect after I have therapy where the whole rest of the day I'll just feel like I just got slapped in the face because I've like started at a normal like whiplash down into emotions and then came back out of them really fast. Or I'll go in and just like have a normal conversation and not get anything accomplished because I won't be able to get to access them. Okay. Do you ever get to a point in therapy that you feel like you're kind of glossing over things and you're not getting to the heart of the matter? Is your therapist pretty good about like making you go there? Not making she's you, pretty but, like, good about guiding it you there. She's pretty good about it. And I know myself well enough also to know when I like, I will even verbalize, like I feel myself wanting to just say, Oh, I, Oh, that's fine. Or, Oh, you know, we don't need to talk about that when I know that's not the, that's not true. And so a lot of times she'll ask like, you know, what is it? I'll say something and she's like, okay, well, what do you feel like when you talk about that or when you say that or when you think about that? And I'll so badly want to just say like, oh, you know, like it's fine, nothing, it's fine. And I, and I force myself to like sit there for a good like 20, 30 seconds before I answer to like, no, Mm -hmm. like you're paying to be here, (laughs) you know, tell her like really what you think instead of just saying, oh, it's fine. And because I, it would be so easy for me to just say, oh, it's fine. And then it's like, why am I even doing this? And it sucks and I hate it. And it's super uncomfortable. Yeah. And I'm not the type of person who likes to talk about my feelings. I'm not the type of person who likes to feel my feelings. I like to just live my life. Mm -hmm. Um, But turns out. I mean, I think, well, you say that, but I think there's a lot of us that can relate to that. Like as much as I'm a feelings person, uh, I don't like to feel my feelings. I'm okay talking about feelings, but I I can barely watch movies or things that'll make me cry because I don't want to cry. I don't want to feel sadness. Yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Like, I think we I all wanna... have like a level of that. <laughs> yeah, and that's fair. I mean, you know, we don't want to all go around like having these emotional swings all the time. But at the same time, especially in therapy, like that's the time and place to feel that way. And if I'm not going to feel it then, and I'm never going to feel it except when I'm like having a flashback and you know I'm like suddenly now this has become like a traumatic experience to feel these feelings instead of doing it in an environment where someone can help me and I'm ready for it I guess mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and so that's really what I was experiencing also is that I was having like <laughs> I don't really know like uh obtrusive feelings session you know like uh what's sort of looking for like um, a non-consensual feelings. I was feeling non-consensual feelings in a sense that like I would just be going about my day and then all of a sudden I would just like get hit by this, like the feelings truck. Sure. And it was like, no, 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 no. I can't just like live my life this way. And so that's also when I was like, all right, I got to do something about this. Mm -hmm. I got to feel my feelings in a, in a way that I'm okay with. And because otherwise my feelings are going to feel me. Yeah. Your feelings are going to fill you. Did your therapist tell you that? I no, like I just that. came. I just came up with that. But now, it's, now that feels like a me too statement. Um, do you ever get? And I don't want to. I want you to get back to what your whole 
point That's of right. like, but we can I talk about whatever we want, Joy. No, it's fine. <laughs> I do. I, I'm not going to let you get away with this. No, but <laughs> do you ever get the moments where, uh, and I always think about this, like I true, I truly feel like this has to do with seasonal affective disorder and being just like in the moment of the longer day or the shorter days and the longer nights. Yeah. Um, is uh, moments of just being like, ugh, like dread and just kind of being pulled down and just kind of worry. Like, do you get those moments, those hits throughout the day? Of just like dread? Mm-hmm. Like, what does it yeah. look like for you? And I guess I'm asking that because that's what it looks like for me. Like, there's times like it, it like comes in waves. And then I know like for myself, I think we all do it differently, but I know what to expect. So I'm like, oh, that's that thing that happens. I'm cool. I got to stay ahead of it. I kind of have to like know how to manage that. Otherwise, I'm going to go into a hole and never come out. I have those definitely. <laughs> and especially like I get them a lot, like right when I'm trying to fall asleep when like my defenses oh, are down. Oh, yeah. Yours is at night. Yeah. Yeah. Or all of a sudden it's just like, oh, that doesn't feel good. <laughs> I'm like, go to sleep, go to sleep. Um, But mine tend to be a little bit more specific around something in particular. So like the, the big one for me lately and in the last like year has been around miscarriage. And so I will have like, they tend to also be like physically triggered. So like, for example, the other day I was, so when you're tiny little bit of backstory about the physiology of being pregnant, the ligament that attaches your uterus to your pelvic floor is called your round ligament. And when you're pregnant, it's obviously getting stretched a lot. And so if you, it's like sort of on, there's two of them are sort of one on either side. And so if you like twist or bend the wrong way, you can kind of like, kind of just twang it and it's Mm -hmm. a little bit uncomfortable. And so I did that the other day. It's really, really, really common. I did that the other day. I like leaned over sideways in my car to get something and I had this twang and it kind of just felt really crampy for a second and I had this flashback because that brought me back to having cramps during my miscarriages yeah and so that's more the sort of thing that I experienced where it's like very specific to a moment Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. um but I do also just have like generalized anxiety Mm -hmm. (laughs) about things where I'll just be like sitting there minding my own business and all of a sudden I'm like oh something is wrong (laughs) yeah yeah (laughs) Yeah, um, our minds are so crazy. They're they're always on the alert for danger. It's the worst, and you're mm-hmm. like, everything's I have to remind fine. myself of that. There's yeah, n- there's nothing different about my life now than yeah. there was ten seconds ago when I felt yeah. fine. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And yeah, and I've been getting those a lot too. As I like, we get closer and closer to my due date, where all of a sudden I'm like, what are we doing? Yeah, yeah. But then I'm like, no, this is great. We're excited. We're ready. Like we yeah. want this. But still my brain is like, are you sure? Yeah. Are you sure you don't want to feel terrified for just like a minute? Just like a minute <laughs> and of terror. And that's okay too. Like one of yeah. my favorite books, I think it's called The Depression Book by Sherry Huber, C-H-E-R-I, Huber, H-U-B-E-R. And it talks all about just like diving into those feelings and like having a depression party. And like, it's, it's kind of cute and tongue in cheek, but um, also very helpful at the same time that you have to understand that that's a part of being a human. And I think a lot of us, myself included, will look at the beautiful things of life and look at the reality shows and look at social media and kind of compare and be like, well, everyone looks like they're having such a great time all the time. I still do that, even though I know it's not reality. So 
I think we need to be better about yeah. just vocalizing those moments that are like, oh my God, I'm terrified. I'm terrified yeah. of life and especially the state of the world and all the other, I mean, oh there's, gosh. there's some shit going on in the world right now there's a lot and there have the been. World. So that doesn't help either. Yeah. And I think like, that's also why I finally decided to go start going more regularly to therapy again was like, I, because it is uncomfortable and because it is difficult for me to acknowledge those moments and because it takes a lot out of me, I have to do it or I feel a lot better and I, it's a lot more productive for me when I do it in a contained way mm-hmm. as opposed to just letting it kind of happen to me at random moments throughout my day. Yeah. It's, I, those random moments feel less jarring if I've also had a time during that week to sit down and talk through stuff. Cause then I'm like, okay. I know where this is coming from versus just like, oh my gosh, what just happened? Mm -hmm. So how often are you going once a week right now? Okay. So talk about the, the stuff that came up for you. Yeah. So the perfection. Well, yeah, just a little window into my therapy session Mm -hmm, this week. mm -hmm. Um, and also actually this started, I started talking about this with Brandon earlier in the week. And so it just kind of came up a bunch of times and I thought, you know what, we'll talk about this. And I also posted about it on my personal Instagram, um, which you guys are always welcome to follow. It's just Claire HKO. Um, that's my handle. And if you want to see just like random Instagram stories of my toddler, that's where they are. I don't post a lot about, I t- certainly don't do very many Instagram posts with Miles on our Girls Gone Wild podcast account, and, but I post a lot over on my own. Anyway, mm-hmm. the point of the story. Brandon was talking to a friend who was having a hard time at their new job. And he was saying, you know, this person is such a perfectionist and it's really hard for her because she just feels like she's not able to, you know, have a handle on things the way she wants to have a handle on them. And I was like, yeah, that sounds familiar. And he was like, yeah, but you're not really a perfectionist. You know, like you don't have this super clean house. And I was like, what do you mean? I don't have a super clean house. No, (laughs) you know, you're not like out up at night, like Cloroxing the counters and you don't like have your hair all done every single day. And you know, I'm my, my lifestyle is not what people tend to think of when they think of a, of a quote unquote perfectionist mm-hmm. because quote unquote perfectionists, you know, are sort of like the Stepford wife. When you think of like, Oh, somebody's a perfect perfectionist. But I think, which is funny because I don't think of perfectionists that way. I don't see them as like, I think, I think of perfectionists uh, as it relates to like work and school. I don't think of it as like a, things have to be in, because I think I am a perfectionist in different ways. Yeah. So that's what I started talking about with him. I think there's many different ways to be a perfectionist and it all comes from that same place of like wanting to control the world around you. And for some people that looks like needing a very clean house wanting to always look a certain way and that's the way that you control your external environment to match you know to have this orderly feeling um but the way that it happens for me is that i just have a really hard time if i want something to go a certain way and i plan for it to go a certain way and i you know expect it to go a certain way if it doesn't go that way it's really hard for me to adapt to that i just get really angry like, mm-hmm. and, you know, I just start, I get mad, like, well, why didn't this work out the way I wanted it to? Like, I must have failed at this. And so for me, the perfectionism is more, comes from this like state of anxiety and constant vigilance, which is like a Harry Potter quote, but whatever, where if I have mentally prepared for a range of outcomes, 
as long as something falls within that range of outcomes, and the range could be, you know, anything from good to bad, as long as one of those outcomes is what happens, then I feel okay. And I was ready for it. And it's almost sort of like I view life as like this candid camera show. And I'm always looking for the camera Mm. to be like, you can't fool me. Mm-hmm. I knew this was going to happen. You know, like, you can't sneak up on me. This is going to be okay. And I think... That's what Brene Brown would call trying to pr- trying to outsmart vulnerability. Completely. Mm-hmm. I completely am trying to outsmart life. And I was talking to a therapist about this. And at one point, she was like, it sounds like, you know, any outcome other than what you've prepared for is automatically bad. And I was like, well, yeah, <laughs> that's what that means. And then she was like, you know... You can't control what's going to happen. Just, you know, she's like, obviously, you know, there's, you want to prepare for the most likely of certain outcomes because you need to be prepared for something. Mm-hmm. You can't just live your life like, la, 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 whatever happens because right. la, 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 whatever happens is just a different way of disengaging. But like, so you have to like be prepared for something. But it's, she's like, you know, just because something happens, or just because you're prepared for something, that doesn't necessarily make that outcome any more or less likely than a different outcome. And when I say that, it sounds so so reasonable and duh. When she said that, I was like, what? Mm-hmm. But I prepared for this outcome. That's yeah. the one that's going to happen. Yeah. And that... You know, pertains. It's like to beating so it things. to the punch and like trying yeah. to to be like, well, I got, I got, I can outsmart all of this, and yeah, I've like, got it under wraps and under control. At right. least I will know what to to expect. Right, and I mean, this can pertain to many. We're in this situation. Sure. We're talking about like birth plans, but I think I then thought about that in relation to a lot of other parts of my life. Of like, I really do this everywhere. Where I'm like, this is how it's going to go. And I even talked about this in my episode that I, the postpartum depression one I did with Noel, where it was like, no, no, no. Like, you must not have heard me. It was supposed to go like this, mm-hmm. you know? And like, excuse me, who, who, like, I need to speak to the manager because <laughs> this is not the way I planned on this happening. Who's your supervisor? Yeah. Who is your supervisor? Exactly. And so anyway, so we were just talking about that and it, and I've been thinking a lot <clears throat> lately about my job because this time last year was when I was like really really having a hard time and so being in that time of year again and seeing like all the mountains are are opening and it's snowing it's kind of I haven't thought about it a lot up to this point and now I'm like kind of brought back to those moments Mm -hmm. just because like environmentally things are similar and it's made me think about okay how did this apply to that well you know even though I was working on this huge project with a million different players that had never been done before I still really got angry and didn't couldn't cope if something happened that was not what I expected to happen Mm -hmm. and that was completely the source of my stress and completely the reason why I was so stressed that I had to leave that job and you know it's easy for me to say that now and it's easy for me to be like duh Claire you should have just recognized that and like gone gone you know whatever That's not realistic. Like there were other things going on as well. It was not completely internal. But there's that like wherever you go, there you are situation where it's like, okay, what? There's a theme here. And the theme is I really want to control the world around me. And that's my, this is how I try to do it. And that's sort of my flavor of perfectionism. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So what do you have to work on? 
All right, therapy joy. You've just been like sitting there nodding at me, and I'm like, oh, this is a therapy session. <laughs> this is like the most therapist I've felt not, with you in a while. <laughs> I'm not saying anything. I know you're just drinking your tea and nodding mm-hmm. like a therapist. I'm just rely. I'm re- I'm laying back, taking it all in. <laughs> I don't know. I don't really know. That's that's the work, isn't it? It's like okay, now what? And it may not. <laughs> the work may be to just like not really do anything about it and just notice it, which I know everyone hates to hear that, but, um, but that's how you start, I guess. Awareness is good. And the work is not one step. The work is not like, and then I did this and it was fine. The work is like, I've been dealing, she was like, when is the first time you remember noticing this thought pattern? I was like, I've never not had it. Yeah. Like this is something I've done for 30 Mm -hmm. years and it probably it's something I'm going to try desperately to do my whole life. And I'll probably have to remind myself for the rest of my life that like, Unfortunately, that's not how the world works. Yeah. I'm, I swear I'm not trying to be a therapist. This is just an observation as your friend of like being kind of toted back and forth with your at your parents' houses. You always had to have like some type of plan. You had to have a pretty structured environment. You had to be like, okay, I know where I'm like, that was probably your way of feeling comfortable to be like, this is going to happen on this day. And that's like pretty, like kids need to know what they're going to be in for because it feels comfortable. Yeah. So I kind of wonder if like, oh, for just, sure. Where you're like, this is just good for me. This works for me. We could take it all the way back. (laughs) You know, like there are a lot of things with my family dynamic, my whole life that have set me up to think and act this way. And not even my family dynamic, but like my mom is the same exact way. My grandma is the same exact way. Sure. Like this is something that is deeply ingrained in my cells. We even joke that my grandpa is like Mr. Safety. You know, he was prepared for all the scenarios. Yeah. Yeah. And... I mean, he's 91, so it's worked yeah. for him so far. It's worked for him. He's doing great. But. <laughs> but I get what you mean. Like, okay, yeah. so on a daily basis, if we're allowing this to interfere with our life and cause anxiety, then we need to do something different or at least like try right. to do something different. And, and we all have like, a flavor of this somewhere. Completely. You know, we all have a flavor of this somewhere, but it is good to kind of be like, all right, so this is a pattern that I just doesn't work for me any- anymore. And yeah. I kind of need to figure that out. And. You know, and, and also what's, and there's always, every time I think that, you know, you and I talk about anything where it's like, I do this to the extreme, there's always a counter of like, well, some of this is fine. Mm-hmm. You know, some of preparing to live your life and some of wanting to know what's going on and know what's coming next is totally normal and totally, oh my God, to live that way. so normal. Like you if like, we just kind of floated around and can't. we're just like, Mur, you can't do that. You right, absolutely you can't do that. And, you know, I think it's a similar thing, even like last week when we were talking about, um, you know, what's what the pie just going to sneak up on you. Yeah. And, you know, we did get a couple emails of people who were like, hey, listen, like this is a problem in my life. You know, I'm tr- I am trying to lose weight because for my own health and my own reasons. And it's the holidays can be hard. Like, yeah, we acknowledge the holidays can be hard. You know, this is sort of our tongue in cheek way of saying, like, listen, I think more so of like the holidays don't have to be any harder than any other time. Your decision-making process doesn't have to change just because it's the holidays. You know, there's a, all that. And there, shouldn't, and, there shouldn't be guilt associated with it, right? right there shouldn't be guilt stress, associated guilt. with celebrating. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like there's, there, I think I will, I will be, I think I can completely relate to the anxiety around all the parties because you're, 
the fact of the matter is you are put in a scenario where there are temptations all around you. And I completely honor the people, myself included, that when you kind of go to those places, sometimes you can just mindlessly eat and then it doesn't feel good. I'm not saying that it's it's not, not okay to eat the things, but what I am saying is it doesn't feel good to have that cycle start where you start feeling guilty and then you're starting to feel shame and like all that stuff. Right. It's a completely se- separate bucket that I'm talking about. But I think we just want to make sure that people are kind of like keeping their, you know, their wits about them of just like, don't fall into the trap of you are a bad person if you go, you know, have the extra cookies or blah, blah, blah. Whatever. And I think that's another example of like a little bit of this feeling is normal. Like you want to be prepared for the next thing that's coming. If you're going to a party and you know a bunch of crap is going to be there that you're going to be tempted to eat, but it's going to make you feel crappy, then, you know, a little bit of this mindset in the same way, like a little bit of planning is important. A little bit of perfectionism can be helpful in life because you want to do things well and you want to execute well. It's when it goes, crosses that line into this is something that controls me instead of me not even controlling it, but it's like, this is something that adds stress to my life instead of helping me, you know, productively manage the world around me. Yeah. And I don't think it has to have like a, like a specifically, let's just use the food thing as an example, because I don't think it has to be one way. So it doesn't have to be like, if you eat that thing, then you're going to go into the shame spiral. I think what we're trying to say is like, yeah, like we can't avoid this. If you're a human being that celebrates, you can't avoid this. So we can't, we just need to find like the little bit of everything. Like you're going to have to kind of walk into a scenario and be like, oh man, there's all these cookies and cakes and I want this and I want to, I want an extra glass of wine and da, 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 da. But I think it's just that piece of awareness and acknowledging like, don't beat yourself up if you make a bad decision and you start the next day, like just everyone just kind of take, take it, take it down just a notch it's going to be fine. I, I uh, you know, we follow Matt Vincent on social media now because when we met him at the mind pump thing, and I just like, cause even though it, I'm not discounting that dudes don't have this, but I think we just deal with it differently. But I just appreciate a lot of the times, like he has the mindset of, you know, we all, we all want to just kind of like throw caution to the wind and like binge on things. And if we had it our way, I mean, that's why things taste good. Like that's the, why things are palatable. It like gives us a happy response. Like that's why people like to drink alcohol. It's, you know, like loosens you right. up. Eat sugar, eat fat. I mean, it like, feels good. It Biological responses it that are like, feels yes, more of this. good. Yes. <laughs> like we want more. So he made some posts the other day just to kind of about like, hey, like we all just have to keep that in check. Like it's never going to go away. So let's not just try to always um, get to that spot of like, okay, I'm finally over this because it's never going to be over. It's never going to be over. You just kind of have to be like, well, let's, let's, let's dance a little differently. Like, let's try to do a different duet here because um, it's never just going to be gone. I think of the Mr. Rogers song when I saw the Mr. Rogers documentary to this day, it was like one of the best movies I've ever seen, but he has a song on there where he's like, you just have to, you have to duet with that really negative, horrible voice in your head. Instead of trying to make it go away, you have to find a way to sing with it and make it a duet towards something beautiful. And I was just like, (laughs) got me right in the feels, got me right in the feels. Um, But, and then back to your thing too, just like kind of full circle with the anxiety piece or like the perfectionism and like worrying Um, I know I've talked about this before, like there's times in my life, a lot of times in my life where I set myself up, I try to set myself up where I don't have, 
I think I do it a lot as well, but in a different way. So I think, I mean, there's something to be said about like just trying to set yourself up for trying to avoid pain and avoid hurt. And I think we can all relate to that. I think we can all relate to that, whether it be like you're in a relationship and you don't want to admit that it might be going really sour and you're like, well, I'm just going to try to make this work because I don't want to feel that pain of breaking up, even though we've been together for, you know, 20 years or whatever it may be. Or I just, I don't want to leave that job because I've been there for so long and it's good pay. And I just, I don't want to risk like the risk piece, I think is also a way for us to kind of control, like how much are you willing to risk to go on and to grow? And you're not alone. You're definitely not alone. Yeah. And I think it was more just like a, a not revelation, but like an observation of, okay, well, it's easy for me to look at pregnancy and birth and see how I'm doing this and see, and it's a very like, not controlled, but a very like, not finite, what's what I'm looking for? Specific situation. I mean, it's Mm -hmm. a clear cut circumstance. Mm -hmm. And so it's easy for me to see, okay, this is how I'm doing this in this situation. Here is how I'm hoping to control my birth experience here is how I've been having anxiety about pregnancy loss. Here are the things that clearly specifically apply to this scenario because that the topic is so distinct in my life. Mm -hmm. But then taking a step back and saying, wow, actually this happens in a lot of places in my life. And I just don't notice it as clearly because it blends in with everything else around it. But if I'm really being honest, this is something I've been doing my whole life about pretty much everything. And like all it's done so far is make it so that none of my canine teeth are pointy anymore. Cause I've ground them down so much. Like I have completely flat teeth on my top mm-hmm. of my mouth. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. So if you're out there, per- perfectionism being, being a perfectionist, yeah. you know, I think I would say that all of us have a flavor of it in some way or another, but it all, it all kind of comes down to what is really uncomfortable to notice about ourselves because I think there's also a tendency to be like, oh, I'm doing this wrong. That can also in and of itself turn into being a perfectionist. Like I used to do that of I have to be the best version of me. I got to get all my sh- my faults and my BS out of the way so I can be the best human that I can be. I don't know how to explain that in more detail other than... Yeah, but I. When I hear you say that too, it's like, what makes us think that in order to be the best version of ourselves, we can't have faults? Right, exactly. And that's kind of what I'm getting at is like, oh, faults are good. And I think probably 99% of us are really uncomfortable getting that negative feedback, um, whether it be at work or from friends or from family, um, because we always remember the thing that is the most negative about us. And I think that kind of goes back to our biology of us seeking the threat and seeking the negative. And so we latch on to that of like, oh my gosh, like you can hear a million positive comments about you, but the one negative will really trigger you and make you, you know, go into a shame spiral all day. So I don't know. It's pretty interesting. I think I've been thinking a lot about like the things that are super uncomfortable for me, either to talk about or to do not and not just kind of like get out of your comfort zone and take a class you're not really used to you know starting people who uh, never start a CrossFit class or like you know trying something you've never tried before it's just more of the the feelings that I'm uncomfortable with whether it be having a conversation like with Scott about something that I you know usually kind of gloss over but I'm like oh I need to sit with this in a different way and like really ask him follow-up questions that I usually don't because I'm like either too tired or I just feel like it's going to turn into a conversation I don't want to have so I'm kind of getting into that mode of just being like all right 
most of the time it's kind of like trying to explain feelings away or trying or like not going to the feelings because feelings are hard. <laughs> so sitting with feelings. Yay. Can we just like all live in this like happy little yeah. neutral zone where. And I think too, cause I'm also going. in the, in the zone of reading Brene Brown's latest book where she's like, well, and you're a therapist like this. Yeah, it's totally, but it can be real annoying. Poor Scott. He's always <laughs> like, there needs to be a, a support group for people who are married or partnered with therapists. He, uh, no, Brene's book, she's like, when things are uncomfortable or when someone else is really in pain, the tendency is for us to try to take that away and or make them feel better, which is actually really dishonoring where people are. So yeah. we've even what, like been working on that with Miles. Like if he's upset mm-hmm. about something, instead of being like, you're fine, you're fine. It's like, okay, I hear that you're upset. Mm-hmm. And what can we do when we're upset? We can, mm-hmm. you know, <clears throat> we can talk about it or we can snuggle or, you know, his, his coping mechanisms are pretty basic, we, pretty much t- snuggling, which really applies to all of us. But, or but yeah, it's hard. It's because what you want to do is say, and even if he falls, you know, it's like, if it's just a little fall and it, he really reacts to it, it's hard to not say, you're fine. You're fine. Get back up. Get back up. Instead of saying, wow, that looks like it was really scary. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. You know, and trying to, and I think that's like, we need to be saying that to ourselves instead of like, totally. you're fine, you're fine. Be like, wow, that looked scary. Or like, wow, yeah. you're, you're right. Getting yelled at isn't fun. And yeah, you know, yeah, it's easy. Yeah. It's a little bit easier, I guess, to do with a three-year-old. But it is funny, like what my instinct is to just be like, get up, you're fine. Yeah. And yeah. while on the one hand, I don't want to like encourage him to throw tantrums over everything, that's never been the outcome. Yeah. You know, when I acknowledge what he's going through instead of just trying either ignoring it or just trying to brush it off, it doesn't make him throw tantrums more because he's going to get attention. Right. It's the opposite because he feels like validated. He and feels like, validated and seen and right yeah. and like yeah, mm-hmm. that was scary. Okay, mm-hmm. are you okay now? You know, mm-hmm. I'm like yeah, I need to say that to myself more. Like yeah, that was that sucks that, like that, that happened. S- yeah, it like totally sucked. Yeah, yeah, like you did that the other day when I or not the other day but when I about the marathon. I just remember being like, oh, you're like good job, Claire. Like I was so <laughs> upset and Claire was just like, it really sucks. It sucks that you worked so hard for something and now it, and it has a different outcome. And I was like, what a cry saying, like saying it. Cause I was like, yeah, that's all I needed to hear. It was like, not take away your feelings about it, but just be like, yeah, it totally sucks. Because like you think about people who either have, they have like a loss in their life or like, um, something really, really, really horrible happens. And the first thing is to like, I think people are getting better about this, at least in my world, but like, um, there's always a tendency to be like, you're okay. And, or things are going to be okay. And, or try to make sense of it. Like whatever, like, uh, things happen for a reason. Like that, that never works. Like you always, you, Oh, don't ever say that out. If you're out there and you say, well, things happen for a reason, please stop. stop saying that it is the worst I know you so, probably mean well, but it is the worst thing to say when someone is going through a crisis. You know that song? It's like, if it's meant to be, it'll be. <laughs> yeah. I heard, I remember hearing that song on the day that I had a miscarriage and I just started screaming at the radio. I was like, yeah, you know, and it was like, this song is, you know, about something completely different. But even just in that moment, hearing just that song on the radio was like, I don't want to hear that ever again. I don't want anybody to tell me that if it's meant to be, it will be like, okay, you know, tell me that if like my souffle collapses, don't tell me that if like, yeah, I'm going through grief. And I think you're right. Like people, 
it seems people are starting to at least be more aware of that, of, you know, if, if I'm in pain, I'm the way to support me is not to try to take the pain away. Exactly. The way to support me is to like see where I am and mm-hmm. help me in that mm-hmm. place instead of try to bring me out of it. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And I think that's as friends, as partners, as family members, we always want to take people out of pain. And that's kind of how I was raised. Um, like last night we were at dinner with my parents, my dad's 77th birthday. And we were talking about something that was really hard for us. Like we lost this dog and my dad started talking about it. And I don't know how it came up, but my dad, who never really shows a lot of emotions, I think just in his old older age, he's just like, you know, I think that just kind of happens naturally as you start to re- reflect on your life. But he just got so choked up and he couldn't talk and he just started bawling at dinner and then my mom and I just start bawling and us oh as a fan oh my god it was like we were all sitting at freaking Sloan's Bar and Grill just like bawling our eyes out and so we're talking about like what happened to one of our dogs and I just remember being like oh my god and I just let my like I let us all cry when I think my mom wants to always kind of like rescue people out of sad emotions and I was like let us, let's just all cry. And we just all cried at the table about like this story that we were telling about our family dog. And it was just like, I remember feeling that like, I'm just going to sit here with all of our sadness and we're not going to try to make each other feel better. And I just told my dad, I was like, that it's really sad. It's really sad. It's, I was like, losing a pet is the hardest thing. (laughs) And we just cried. Um, But yeah, there's just kind of something to be said about that of being like, this really sucks. And what, what does support look like to you right now? Not how can I help? That's another thing I absolutely hate is like, how can I help? Because no one's ever going to answer that. So it's like, what does support look like to you right now? Okay. I feel like we need to wrap up the therapy session because we're running out of time and we do have not to like gloss over feelings, not to like talk away the feelings, but uh, I think, I think listeners get the gist and um, hopefully we we can just keep, keep talking about this. Let's keep the therapy talk going. Okay. Do you, do you have them pulled up and do you want to start with anything specific? Um, okay, this is, this is a big one. The first one I see is like a big one. Advice you can give to a soon to be mom you wish you would have gotten before you had miles. Um, my biggest one as somebody who went through postpartum depression is to prepare for your postpartum period as much as you prepare for your birth. Mm -hmm. People talk about, and you know, you take like a five or six part class or four, whatever part class on, birth but you don't take that for postpartum which is ridiculous because the whole birth experience lasts like at most a couple of days and then you're postpartum forever and um i wish that somebody had told me even without postpartum depression how much the first couple weeks suck they Mm -hmm. suck you are getting no sleep you feel completely like your body is just not not so out of your body you are disgusting like you there's like fluid coming from everywhere your milk coming in really hurts <laughs> like stuff that nobody talks about um and it sucks and you think it's going to be this like glowy afterglow and it's not and it's really it's like the days are long the nights are longer and you feel very isolated you can feel trapped and i wish somebody had talked about that so mm-hmm. prepare for your postpartum period not just by like i mean freezer meals and like padsicles or whatever are important but more so like prepare your support network and prepare your with your partner and you know know like have a plan a through plan f in place for multiple different scenarios what are you going to do if your baby doesn't sleep Mm -hmm. 
Okay, plan A, you and your husband trade off going in there. Plan F, you trade off nights going to a hotel because neither of you are getting any sleep. Mm -hmm. You know, and like what's in between there? What are you going to do if you have a C-section and you can't, you know, you live at a second floor walk up and you can't carry groceries up and down the stairs? Okay, you know, think these things through. All of it, yeah. Because yeah. you think through, you know, what happens if I'm not dilating, what happens if I have to be induced, but you don't think through what happens if I get, you know, if my milk supply never comes in or my baby doesn't latch or my hot water heater breaks the second day we're home or, you know, just stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I like this one. What's one of the best Christmas gifts you've given and received? Mm, I feel like thinking about all the Christmas gifts that Scott's given me because oh he's gosh, such, you know, a good Scott's such a gift, gift giver. giver. Um, I'd probably say like the epic Nike leggings and or Nike shoes that he like custom gets for me at the crazy stores that no one knows about those. I mean, I know it's so shallow, but that's probably one of the best ones because all the, yeah, the Nike mafia stuff because he gets so excited about finding it and he just, he just loves giving Nike stuff. So probably Nike because it also makes me think of him because when I wear it, like right now I have some great tights on that he gave me that were, that are wonderful. Um, and then the Christmas gifts I've given, oh God, see, I feel like t- at a total loss for this. Cause I'm like, I think I give pretty decent Christmas gifts, but I, I like to do more like activities, like taking yeah. my mom to my, I probably the best thing is like taking my mom to Broadway shows. Mm-hmm. Cause that's like my favorite thing to do in the world. I feel like I'm, I need to like think about that. Uh, yeah. I just, I'm not like this epic, epic build up gift giver. I, I really like giving gifts, but nothing yeah. like really stands out in this moment. And same thing with getting gifts. Like I've gotten just so many good, you know, so many, I have so many wonderful, thoughtful people in my life. And I'm like, well, this was really great, but that was really great too. And like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't. Is, are there Christmases that you think of like good Christmas moments? Like I will, like, instead of just like thinking of gifts too, like I love going to Oklahoma to stay with my in-laws over Christmas yeah. because the neighborhood's really Christmassy. The town's yeah. really Christmassy. Like home alone. It's pretty, it's super home alone. And all the places we go to are just, I don't know, it's like down home country living. And it's just such a good vibe at their house over Christmas. So I always think about that. Like it's really cold yeah. and cozy. And um, I also love Arizona Christmases because it's still the desert. The and there's like Christmas lights on cactus and swirls is like the coolest thing in the world. That'll yeah. never get old to me. I mean, I've always, since I've always lived in the front range of my, most of my family lives here, I've always yeah. spent Christmas here. Mm-hmm. Um I do have one really fun Thanksgiving memory where I was in Prague. It was my 21st birthday, which my birthday is right around Thanksgiving. And so I happened mm-hmm. to be in Thanksgiving or in Prague for Thanksgiving, which obviously they don't celebrate Thanksgiving over there. Mm-hmm. But I was with a bunch of my girlfriends who I never studied abroad, but they all did. And so we all met up in Prague and we ended up at this bookstore that was owned by an expat who actually was from Fort Collins. And mm-hmm. we ended up going to this expat Thanksgiving dinner event that he hosted that is cool. It was so I have yeah. Fun. That actually makes me think of Thanksgiving when I was in France because that yeah. was the same thing. And I had this like huge dinner with all these great people. It was fun. And it, yeah, and I was like everybody, you know, most people there were total strangers. They like projected the football game from the states onto the wall so that everyone could like really feel like they were, you know. Anyway, so that was really my Oh, that's so cool. That is so cool. I'd love to hear more about the idea of CrossFit as church, struggling with my evangelical upbringing. I feel like that's its whole own episode. I think it's a whole new, uh, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. So I will say just like the Cliff Notes version is I think the reason that people really compare it is because of the community aspect. Yeah. And because 
you know, if you have, if you're at a church, it's somewhere you go regularly. It's where a lot of your events and your people are centralized. And similarly, that is how a CrossFit gym can function. You could say that about anything though. People will be like, hiking is my church. Yeah. But I think climbing is my church. Yeah. But I think the reason specifically people talk about CrossFit is sure. because it replaces that or not replaces, but has a similar function to that sort of center of community um, component mm-hmm. rather than like the religious component, you know, like you're not sure. I yeah, don't think exactly. Anyway, that's a whole on question. But I would also say um, both the Harvard Divinity School and the Yale Divinity School have like talks and stuff that you can look at Yeah, about specific CrossFit and church things. Yeah. Um, Please host a taco crawl for us. I know it would sell out. That is. I would love to do that. A brilliant idea to know where, when and where we should do this. ASAP. How, how long did it take you to get the hang of CrossFit? Know all the terms, more weight, etc. Probably Ooh. like a good three to six months. Okay. Before I felt like I was starting to get the hang of it. Uh-huh. And then I still feel like today, like, I mean, I'm still perfecting my movements. I'm still learning new, new ways of doing things. I would say, but like the biggest learning curve was in the first like three to six months where I was like, it took me six months to remember the difference between a push press and a thruster. Yeah. So I was like, you push press your thrust. Why are these different? <laughs> well, the other thing that I think of is I'm, I, my, my inclination is to be like, well, I'm kind of still learning a lot because I think what you'll find too, after doing CrossFit for so long is that you start to want to do things differently and refine and be coached even more because you've been doing it for so long that you're like, I never want to become complacent or think that I know it all. Um, so a lot of the times I'll find coaches who know me, they won't coach me because they think, oh, she doesn't need coaching. And I'm always like, no, please tell me what I'm doing and or how I can do things differently. And by that, I mean, one time I did a benchmark workout and I wanted, uh, one of the coaches was like, if you've done this workout a million times, do it differently. Like do a heavier weight or a lighter weight or something that you've um, never experienced this wad before in this capacity, whether it be moving slower and with more intention or making it lighter and going faster. And I love that because I think a lot about that now, especially with, you know, kind of working through a minor injury is I want to work out differently and I want to feel my body move in ways that I've just been like kind of going through the motion, so to speak. So being really intentional about the movements. And so, I mean, I think that that kind of comes with a lot of uh, sports that people may do, but I think especially with CrossFit, with there's, there's so many movements that you could do or that we, that we do every single day. Um, I think it's really important to a stay healthy and B kind of like keep, <laughs> keep the relationship alive. Cause I don't want to just ever come into CrossFit and like go through the motions. Like every single day I go in, I'm always like, wow, I'm super present. And this is my place where it can just kind of forget about everything else. But what did y'all's wedding dresses look like? Where did each of you get married? My dress was, uh, I think I told you about this story, but my, my dress was a halter top, just kind of a fitted dress that went out a little bit as a skirt. And I got it 10 days before I got married. It needed zero alterations because I changed my mind at the last minute because I didn't want to wear the original dress. And it was just a miracle that it fit. And I loved it. It was great. Halter tops on these shoulders was... It looked great. I was very happy with my choice. Uh, my dress was strapless, sweetheart neckline, and then like big, super flowy, flowy, flowy cascade skirt. I got it from bridaldreamdress.net. It was a Chinese knockoff website, and I paid like 
$300 for a knockoff of like a $7,000 dress. I totally remember this. I remember you getting all the dresses and you tried them on at Beth Bell's house. Yes, I did. Um, cause I, well, I went to David's bridal. I actually bought a dress from David's bridal. I remember that. Yeah. And then I still have that dress. I never wore it, but I like, don't know what to do with it. And, um, yeah, I'd be curious to know, cause I want to do something with my dress as well. Yeah, and what do you do with that? well, I, I, I will bring up something really sad is there is a, it's a beautiful nonprofit that makes burial gowns for babies Oh yeah, I have out of wedding that. dresses. And I really do want to donate my dress to that, but I yeah. have yet to pull the trigger on that. Um, and I got married in Boulder and I got married in Santa Fe. Yeah. Um, Santa Fe in September was pretty beautiful. I gotta say yeah. Boulder at, January. The, at the Loretto chapel. Very cold. Claire, when do you do February 8th is my due date. So mid early to mid February, we have probably picked a name we're sharing it kind of like, you know, with our friends, but not super publicly. Um, you don't want to just blast it out to the podcast right now? I mean, yeah, it's still not like I th- even though we are we're like 95 percent there. There's definitely the chance that when she's born, we'll be like, nope, she's, you know, whatever, something else. Um, <laughs> I love this one. Did Claire ever have an interest in working at Celestial Seasoning? <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. My father, the inventor of toaster strudel. Uh, no. Yeah, not did you ever really. think about that at all? I mean, I, I know thought it's about it as like a summer job because they'll yeah. do like tour guides there, but mm-hmm. no, not particularly. I like it there. I like tea, mm-hmm. but um, I like tea. Do you have any hairdresser suggestions in the Denver area? My hairdresser is Liz Burns at Goldie and Bob. I love her very much. Everyone at that salon is really great, too. If I can't get in to see her, uh, I'll go see anyone at that salon. But Liz Burns has been my girl for, I don't know, about five or six years. Yeah, and I really like the girls at LB Salon, E-L-L-E period B. There's one in Jefferson Park and one on West Colfax. Mm -hmm. Um, And in Longmont, if you happen for some reason to be in Northern Colorado, Carbon Salon is great. I really like Christina. Um, all right, let's do like two more and then we can. Okay. End. Okay. Oh my gosh. These are really long questions. Yes or no <laughs> on advent calendars. There's a new Harry Potter one. I probably should get one. When I, I was a kid. Advent calendars. We would always get advent calendars, but I didn't know what they were for. So we just treated it like a box of chocolates. Like we just opened the whole thing and eat them all. <laughs> I grew we up with advent a- calendars. We must have had a relative who sent them to us or something. It was because so cool. I just remember eating them all at one time. Yeah. We'd have them on the fridge and my brother and I each had one and I just thought it was the coolest thing. This is a good one to end with. Favorite people to follow on the gram. Instagoldens. JVN. Mm-hmm. I'm answering for you for some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Uh, I love Chrissy Teigen. I love Chrissy Teigen. She's so I, cool. Her on, her on social media in general is my favorite thing in the Speaking whole world. Speaking of Chrissy Teigen, comments by celebs. Mm-hmm. really great account it's just so like, uh, great screenshots of funny comments that celebrities leave on social media posts yeah mm-hmm. uh really at this point in our lives we just want to follow people who like make us feel good when we in, just, and like, laugh random. like i want to go laugh i really right. like I, I i know we say this all the time hi laura i love laura ligo's insta stories i always follow yeah. her insta stories because she's got great yeah the sassy dietitian who I think we need to just start this trend of having her on once a month and Julia on once a month because yeah. everyone just loves when we're all three <laughs> together. And uh, But she has great Insta stories and she always has like great tips and products and, you know, dietitian stuff. Well, maybe one more. This person says, just start, I just started a new podcast. How have you ladies stayed so consistent over so many episodes? You just do it. There's no secret. 
Yeah, <laughs> you, you can't think to too. It. I mean, if you're starting you a new, it. yeah, if you're, you can't overthink it, and you just ha- kind of have to let the momentum carry. But it really has so much to do with the passion behind it. If you don't love what you're doing, you're going to just be like, mm, burn out. Are there days that we don't feel like recording? Yeah, but every time we hit record, we just start going and then you yep. just don't think about it. But I will say to just stay consistent and stay true to what you want to say and don't try to um, don't try to be number one. Don't try to be anything like, oh, we're going to try to be the top charts because you're you just have to speak from your heart and you have to let your true self shine as cheesy as that sounds. But um, just don't try to be like any other podcast. You yeah, be you. And, and just like make it happen. I mean, don't yeah. make excuses. Don't try to make yeah. it something it's not. Just have a conversation. And like I we don't I even already- schedule we don't really, I mean, we schedule things, but we don't really schedule it. Cause I think that's another thing that people would probably set themselves up to fail is if you set a date and like, okay, every Tuesday night at five or whatever. Um, but I also think we're both lucky in the sense that like we both have uh, not flexible lives, but we both have like schedules that we well, have we enough just, overlapping time that we can we do make it. We priority. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, we do. We always, it's like, we know at the beginning of every week, we're going to have to find, have to find a time half yeah. to make it work. And yep. we just, you know, sacrifices on one or both of our parts every week. Yep. And, you know, like today, even for example, I was supposed to be down at Joy's house to do a, like a work on a larger project. I woke up, I felt like crap. I was puking because pregnancy, this pregnancy has been a shit show. And I just texted her and was like, hey, listen, I don't think I can do this bigger thing we are going to work on today. Can we just do our episode and on Skype and just be done with it? And she was like, yeah, of course. Yeah. And like that flexibility, you know, but at the same time, I still knew even though I'm, I woke up puking, I still had to at least do this one episode. And so, you know, you just have to kind of be ready to make it happen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Mm-hmm. All right, guys. Well. We hope you have a great week. We hope. Can you I do one you. last one last oh, one? Oh yes, please do. Yes. <laughs> Tara Always. says, "I wish everyone would stop asking us." Fill in the blank. Dot, dot, dot. What do we wish everyone would stop asking us? It used to be pre and post workout food. Yeah, people have finally gotten the memo. To yeah, stop people have gotten the memo <laughs> about that. Um, the other one might be. I don't want to. I don't want to discount people from reaching out to help, but for help, but um, people who reach out and be like, "How do you start a podcast?" Because there's literally podcasts about how to start a podcast. Yeah. And, uh, and if you have that question, we have like actually we have like, like a FAQ yeah. email that we'll send yeah. you. And I, 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 I like it. We will do that because they feel like, oh, they trust us. And yes. Like, they, they like they like us. They like but, us. They really um, like us. I think. But I feel like there's just that I will say it's fine for you to ask us that. But we just get so many that I'm like, there's so I mean, there's podcasts that will yeah. literally, literally tell you literally. how to start your own podcast and, and websites. And we will still happily send you this FAQ email that we have. Yes, um, if you have. Yeah. I don't like it's not like, oh, I wish people will stop asking us this. I just wish I feel like a lot of times people ask us questions where they're looking for like a silver bullet. Like, well, how do I get better at working out in the morning? Or how do I learn how to eat intuitively? Or how do I, and it, those questions are hard to get because it's like, Uh there's no, there's no answer. It depends. Yeah. The answer for all of those is like, it depends. Sorry. But I'm glad to give you some, like, I don't know, encouragement. Yeah. I'm happy to tell you about my experiences, but like, I can't, there's no answer for that question. Right. Anyway. All right, guys, we hope you're having a great week. Don't forget to check out Ned, helloned.com. Hello, Ned. All your CBD products. Uh, this one code is GG. Now.